26th of November 2013. Yeah, I've just been looking at this particular card of Libra and this particular sign is not too easy to explain because it's the, the interlude between all forms of activity. It governs the process of meditation. It's the holding of the breath between in and out breathing. There isn't uh, necessary all that much to talk about it, but there's much more than meets the eye, as per usual. And there's quite an intricate geometry associated with this particular sign, which, and you're looking at it, you'll see that it's quite a lot of lines. The first thing <coughs> to look at is the fact that the main beam of the, the balance that, that it all rests on, which is a tail cross, is also part of a wheel. When you look at this particular wheel and you count the spokes, you find the six main spokes. These six spokes relate to the six realms of Buddhism and therefore the whole philosophy of the six realms is veiled here in this particular sign. The reason, of course, is that Libra is the wheel of the law. It governs the karma of the turning of the wheel of samsara. So all attributes of samsara or mantara is governed by Libra and, of course, its resolution. Of course, I'm not going to go into the six realms. You can read the Buddhist books and, more important, my books, and especially um, the one that's going to be published now and Bado Toro for quite a deep explanation of these realms, esoterically as well as the more exoteric presentation. But all of you are quite aware that the wheel turns ceaselessly, grinding out your material delights, everyone's pains and sufferings, the health states, the animal consciousness, human state, the state of the preters, or what you might call the low astral plane, the state of the asuras, the high astral, that where you have the entities that are technically envious of the gods, full of jealousy, the preters of course, are those because of their desire in, the, in all of the aspects of desire, lust for money, greed, they have a very tiny mouth and a big bloated stomach. And no matter how much they try, they can't drink any water and they're perpetually thirsty. That's the description of them in the Buddhist texts. And of course, this is a good description of those that have oversatiated their watery uh, emotional world in the physical domain whilst they're alive and then paying the reciprocal karma after they've died. Anyway, the wheel of samsara. The other thing, of course, to note is that it is a matri padma, a mother lotus, 
The wheel is um, a six-petal flower, if you wish. And the six spokes, the, the six realms, relates to the symbolism of the hexagon and seal of Solomon, if you everything associated with what that connotes. In other words, the cycle of rebirthing. You have to understand with regards to Libra that it's one of the forearms of the Cardinal Cross. The Cardinal Cross is constituted of Capricorn in the northern direction, Cancer in the southern direction, Aries in the eastern direction and Libra in the west. And in Cancer, which we've gone into earlier, you have uh, the sign of mass incarnation. In Libra, it's the sign of the balances of the laws that govern all of those that are incarnate, all of their activities, body, speech and mind. And therefore, the process also of the transmutation of samskaras. But this won't really take into effect be taken into effect until the next sign, Scorpio, where all the testings happen. So, with regards to Libra, depending on the way that the wheel turns, if the wheel is turning by Taurus to Capricorn, then you have Libra setting the conditionings for all the testings in Scorpio. It stands between Virgo and Scorpio in the zodiac and Virgo is the matter, the, the material domain, and Scorpio is the field of testings for discipleship or just simply for the average human beings. Lots of trials and tribulations um, associated with feeding their desire body in samsara. So you can see the Libra, the wheel turns and turns and turns and turns through the cycles after incarnation in cancer. Then it sets the stage for testings in Scorpio and then from that, depending on the way testings go, there's initiation in Capricorn and then the start of the new cycle in Aries. And this is basically the Cardinal Cross, the gateway of birth, which is Cancer, the gateway of liberation, which is Capricorn, and the balance between the two, which is Libra. And Aries on the opposite pole to Libra is that driving energy that sustains the wheel. Now, if one is traveling in the reversed wheel, which is from Aries to Pisces, going through the zodiac that way, and one gets to Scorpio, then again we have the field of desire and all the testings of the average life of humanity and then they move into Libra where there's a normally in Scorpio they have their harsh life conditionings many you know warlike activities and so forth and then in Libra you have a period of quietude of contemplation of digesting the processes of all of those activities so people have their freak outs and so forth and then finally they have to have a period of calm and reflection and quietude where they uh, think about the events that trouble them so much. And of course that's moving from Scorpio to Libra 
for the average human being. And the other way, of course, it's the testings, preparing the testings for discipleship and initiation. You can see that, again, Libra is standing on one of the pillars of the temple. It can be either pillar, the idol, Pingala, Nadi. It actually is that which governs the expression of the mysteries associated with the temple. Another thing you'll notice here with this particular sign is that we have in the background the dark indigo blue space. It's not the type of space you saw in Gemini or in Virgo where there's lots of activity in the space, lots of stars and galaxies and so forth. In Libra, it's just pure blue. The reason being that this is the space of meditation, of serenity, of the awakening of Shunyata, the energies of the cosmic ethers. And therefore, you can see also that the wheel and the pans is drawn in the colouring of buddhi blue, signifying the etheric propensity associated with the sign. It liberates by bringing you into the ethers. And of course, it is essentially a chakra, the wheel, the spokes. It is the symbolising, again, the each chakra and the way that the chakras manifest within a Nadi system. It is the energy or the process that allows you to govern the energy distribution of the chakras. Now, I should technically go to my notes, which I've written many, many years ago, as to exactly why I used the colours I did of the band of light that incorporates the sign. I suppose I should have done some homework or at least gone to my computer and opened it up and looked at Libra. So I can't at this stage quite remember why there's orange and then blue and then green and then indigo blue and red and violet. But what what I was really trying to show here is the evolution of the globes of the spheres. And the pans, as you can see, that each of the pans holds a particular globe. And the central sphere is the yellow or the golden. This essentially refers to the uh, the fourth ray. And so if I'm analysing these colours, I'm probably sort of at that particular stage drawing some of the colours of the planetary regions. As I said, I need to go to the um, notes and I don't have that here. But with the spheres, though, okay, like, because the planetary hmm. spheres, we'll see, like, because on the, um, the left-hand side it's green, so maybe does that refer to the previous... Um, previous... Yes, um, you've got the you've got the, the the general just light. The um, that might be a third ray. It might be associated with Saturn or something. I don't know. Yeah, you've got that that generally the just right. The the 
pans, the left-hand pan is the past, the center is the present, and the right-hand pan is the future. And you're moving from the green to the indigo blue, or the green of activity, which is what... Would be the third last, or just in the third round. Yeah, yeah, but it's simply the green of activity, the, the atmic plane. And when I'm looking at this, I, I think there's seven colours, and they're probably the, the colours of the um, seven hierarchies, I mean, seven creative hierarchies. Mm. Yeah, no, no, not the spheres, the, 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 ah. the bands. Ah, I was going to say the spheres look like... Um, they, they've got the... Um, astrological signs in them so I thought that they were the reversed wheel. Right, I'll explain the astrological signs to you. Oh, but I mean on the big one, not on these little ones. Mm. Yeah. Now the in the central sphere again you've got that indication of what we saw in the, in the previous sign of Virgo with the sphere that she's holding and if you look at this here I've got the same device of the child and the, the grown human because it's the present. Now in this this particular pans what they weigh of course is the past karma some scars now the green relates to the atomic plane and this is the domain of karma the the resolution of karma and the expression of karma that governs all of nature in the pan of the future there's a 10 sign zodiac the pan of the present is a 12 sign zodiac and the pan of the past is a 10 sign zodiac however when i looked at this a bit earlier i did make a mistake because in the past 10 sign zodiac i see i admitted libra itself so where Scorpio should be, should be Libra, and Pisces and Aries should be joined. And this has got um, something to do with um, the history of the Zodiac. And in this particular card, you'll find that you've got Leo and Virgo joined, which is the sign of the Sphinx. In astrology, you often have the sign of Capricorn depicted with a fish's tail. So it's a goat fish. That's what should be depicted here. So I'll probably have to change this. I'm thinking of um, paint. Capricorn Pisces. Yeah, Capricorn Pisces, the goat fish. And is that the future or the past one? That's the past. I'll go into this later. The the, the past, the, the the present, and the future, because the signs do do change, but they are two signs. Um, in the past, I think it is just simply um, Aquarius and Pisces did not exist. In the future, Capricorn and and Pisces. I thought, it, I thought it was in the past Virgo and Leo were one. Yes, Virgo and Leo were one. Anyway, what I'm sort of trying to get to, I I, I made a bit of a mistake in, in the when I drew these signs. So I always wondered whether it was Jesus, the period of Jesus was the fishes and the lamb, so it was like Pisces and, and Aries. Oh no, you, when you when I'm talking about the past. I'm, no, talking, I'm talking about Lemurian times, etc. In Lemurian times, there was only eight signs. And so it evolved from eight signs to ten signs. So, But the ten sign zodiac is the main one that governs, uh, in many ways, the universe. It's the, the ten signs of the, the solar plexus center. And so the solar plexus center and the two pentads associated with the solar plexus is the past and, and the future. Whereas the present, you've got two extra signs because it deals with the consciousness principle. The pentads uh, is that which governs um, the diva kingdom, or the divas ev um, evolve by means of the pentad. The humans 
evolved by means of the hexagram or the 12 signs of the zodiac. They add the uh, principle of love or the consciousness principle, whereas the diva is a mind. The diva, fu- the human function is a transition from diva to diva, actually speaking, in many ways. So is there any, like that question of what I was trying to ask is that, is that cycle of Jesus, um, does it have anything to do with the, the fusion of, of Pisces and Aries or not? Cycle of Jesus. Jesus just brought on, just um, incarnated at the cusp between Aries and Pisces, that's all. And we're now um, at the cusp between Pisces and Aquarius. And that's the reason why we are manifesting now, bringing on the new age, the new Aquarian age, the new Aquarian dispensation. But it doesn't relate to these, this particular transition from a 10-sign zodiac to a 12-sign, from a 12-sign back to the 10-sign. And the 10-sign is also the sign that anchors cosmic mind, which is what Libra is very much concerned with, the dissemination of forces of mind and the resolution of what comes as a consequence of the activity of mind by quiet contemplation. And therefore, you produce a clear light of mind. Um, the other thing I didn't draw on this sign, because it was um, beyond me, which, of course, was that around the, um, the stem of the balance that holds it up should be a dragon, and the dragon is holding the balance in its mouth, be a Chinese dragon. And that would be quite a complicated thing to add in there. Maybe if I ever did a large version of it, that's what I'd do. So there's a little bit of a problem here. And I think looking at the spheres of the 12 creative hierarchies and maybe the seven that actually incarnate in the solar system. So in terms of the colorations. But as I said, I need to look at my notes for that. As I said, I painted these in 1978, or about 78. I haven't looked at my notes or read them since then. <laughs> so, yeah, it was something, it was 78. Also, you can see that, as I said, I've drawn an inverted tau. The tau cross is each one of them, when you put them on the spokes of the wheel, also stand as swastikas. But the tau in this particular case is the descent of divinity or, or the first ray, the mind of God, into matter, to turn the wheel. As I said, it's quite a difficult sign to properly uh, understand because of the fact it's of the cardinal cross and it is the very, very hub of the wheel. If you think of the, the heart of a chakra and it causes the chakra to turn, that's the liberal energy. So that's what's you know, symbolically depicted death. With regards to the symbolism, I was looking at the whole symbolism of manifestation of a solar logos um, from the 12 creative hierarchies. There are five that have gained the liberation and there are seven that relate to the seven planes that are still evolving. And the humanity is the fourth of these. Then the concept of evolving through globes of evolution of ever, ever a subtler and then manifesting into the dense form uh, by the time you get to this yellow globe. The body exoteric uh, Libran, or the average Libran, is just simply the balance between opposing desires. And so as you can see, for the average person, their desire body swings from, from one thing to the next. Most of you know that. You know, one moment and you want chocolates, and the next moment you don't like chocolates and you want something else. And it 
goes from those types of simple desires to all sorts of swings and the swings can be quite powerful and strong and sometimes they're subtle and the libra is the, the balance as you're moving from one form of desire to the next one form of attachment to the next so when you're involved in an attachment then you can be all sorts of emotions and then you go crashing through it and then you enter the liberant phase where you have to reflect and then you go into the next cycle of desire that's the way the average human emotional body and desire body is or one form of emotion to the next but libra is literally the balance between that helps that which helps you to understand what has happened on both sides yeah on so both, both sides the emotional yes. extremes yes um for the disciple or the esoteric uh, quality it's the interlude of the in the breath of god and so you can see the breath of god is as i said it's the interlude it's the in-breathing and out-breathing uh, but it's the the space in between the the contemplative space technically it is that which produces a layer or dissolution of um of samsara it as i said resolve re- resolves the karma back into unity and therefore the the right hand panel the future is blue because that is the unity of love so it goes from the divine activity to the harmony uh in the midst of strife or conflict and then from the battling and and that produces harmony in the midst of strife which is the yellow you get to the to the blue of um peace of of love of shall we say cosmic bliss uh, in the future and so it's again this this interlude often the libran doesn't have all that many noticeable characteristics except they can be well a little bit wishy-washy i suppose you know always in between not able necessarily to make up their mind because they can swing from one balance to the other quite easily but exoterically it's also the adjudicator the lawyer the lawgiver the wise judge whatever is the symbol of wisdom um comes from this sign because of the ability to interrelate the opposites in any arguments to see the the good and the bad of both arguments and to find the in between course okay so and that's the most esoteric aspect of the sign the adjudicator of the law one who dispenses the law of karma and as i said can exoterically it comes all the way down to being a magistrate or the one that um when they're squabbling side they can normally sort of um help to produce some appeasement between the arguments you know it's like fights between siblings or something you can work out help to settle the disputes and that's the the, the liberal quality so the adjudicator of the law you can see also that it's very much the sign of of an enlightened being or of the diva mind i've mentioned already the cardinal sign quality of this and and i've mentioned or related to the element air and you can see the air in in the blue the light blue and its relationship to the ethers which is what it brings you to it's um technically that which gives you the experience of shunyata this is my point hmm? um I just thought, uh, of course, we're looking much more exoteric, but with um, characterising, like you just said, to do the the awakened liberal mind as a very divic and um, and shunyata mind, really, and then you're saying with the personality, um, it's often they can be a bit wishy-washy or not that distinctive. But I thought then the sort of 
um, refined Libra, you know, somewhere in between actually has quite a subtle mind. Well, they definitely do. And As I said, they adjudicate it between the law. They can mm, see yeah. what's wrong in, in every argument yeah. and, and come to the but middle. It gives it, then it, it's quite all quite complex and profound for them because there's the subtlety that sort of understands many different things, right? Yeah. Yes, they, they can see all, all the sides of the mm. argument. Whether they can um, manifest the wisdom in speaking is another thing, but um, they have the, the subtle discernments. And this, um, you can see, the exoteric sign is Venus, which governs the mind itself, and therefore the Librans have a very, very you know, highly developed mind normally. And we can look at other signs associated with Venus, for instance, Taurus, and it would link to all those signs that and when when you read DK he goes into the signs all the related signs of all the uh, you know, all the planetary rulers of the various signs and show that they all related via the signs that uh, they have in common or the ray lines Venus is the fifth ray and then we have Uranus in the esoteric or that which governs the disciple this makes the Libran you know, quite practical, uh, able to master all energies, and it's obvious that it must be able to do so if it is the middle between extremes. And, you know, the planet of occultism, and this particular form of occultism is the higher law, the, the occultism of of the law itself. Of um, It's the link to the mind of God. I, I can't really um, explain it much better than that, because via the, the cardinal sign, you've got the, the three signs, and then you got cancer. Cancer is the waters, but you got the other three signs of the cardinal cross are mental. You got Aries, the higher mind, Capricorn, the mount of mind, and literally the mind of God. And then you got um, Libra, um, the uh, that governs the in all of the modes of expressions of all aspects of mind. And this is where the esoteric sign Uranus comes into play because it is the seventh ray but all of the seven rays come into manifestation via it. So yeah, there's three different signs you were saying uh, in more like in more and more refined subtlety isn't it? So you've got like you said Aries which is really can be quite hard and much more It's first ray and it's the beginning of, of it all yes. Yeah and then Capricorn, which is more the emotional. Well, Capricorn is actually more concrete, concrete, very, very dense. Yeah, you don't get more dense than out of that. three. So it's more dense than Aries. Aries is more yeah. the emotional mind. Aries is the fiery mind, um, Libra is the airy mind, Capricorn. and Capricorn is the earthy mind. Yeah, oh, okay, so there's no water in No. The waters is of the Cardinal Cross, which is Cancer. Cancer. So all these three forms of mind jump on cancer, produce repeated incarnation, so that all the experiences, immutable experiences that are needed come into expression. So the hierarchical ruler is Saturn, simply because um, it is the lord of karma. It governs all aspects of the dispensation of karma. So, and that karma turns the wheel, and the karma resolves the wheel again into prelaya or 
unification into one. There you have it. From cycle to cycle, you move from realm of um, the six realms from one to the next. And these six realms, incidentally, they they have a symbolic, a factual uh, reality in the chakras below the diaphragm. Each one of the realms actually does relate to a specific chakra. And so you're moving from chakra to chakra and experiencing the qualities there and producing all of the vicissitudes, the turmoil and the problems of um, life in samsara. And those of us that are disciples moving from the periphery of this wheel to the center, to the quiet center, so everything turns around us. The fact is also you need to look what the pans, and you have an inverted pentagram in for the past and you have a pentagram going the right way up for the future and so the past is involution and all of the the, the processes associated with involution of consciousness and so forth then the future is evolution the full development of the powers of the of the pentad or the pentagram making a master of wisdom in many ways this sign represents the wisdom given or accorded to a master of wisdom if all of the symbols is properly analyzed and all of its qualities the master of wisdom of course is also the adjudicator of the law for their for the ashram of which that master is custodian of Yes, wheels within wheels, and so above him there's a great adjudicator of law until eventually you get to the mind of God. And so there's level after level of expression of the qualities of this particular sign. Therefore, it's um, most liberals, um, I think, um, are quite quiet, or should be quite quiet people. They're not. They shouldn't have a lot of emotions and all of that. Normally, they're more contemplated, more more placid. They're not involved so much in the, the hurdy-gurdy of emotional life in samsara. <laughs> the average liberal, but by the time they're developed, then they the adjudicate of the law. They, 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 they can see the rights and wrongs and they're very firm. Yeah, once they've made their decision, then they stick by that because they know it's the truth. And so you get from that, as I said, that wishy-washy state to, to being the judge. To, to be able to make decisive decisions, and that's the, the training of the liberal. It's interesting, the, um, the symbol of the wheel on top of the pillar is one of the um, earliest Buddhist symbols that exist. Yes, of the Dharma wheel. Um, and, it, and it sits on top of a pillar too, which is mm. quite interesting. So it's, it's like a head centre as well in that. That it sits on this pillar in the same sort of way. That you yes, I could have done this as a eight-spoke yeah, wheel to make it to, to make it the the Dharma wheel, but it wouldn't have fitted in properly with the the symbolism of of samsara. As I said, I've made a couple of little mistakes in this that will need to be fixed up <laughs> if it's possible. Okay, any other comments or questions? Okay, so that's basically the sign minus of course the a proper dissemination of the explanation of the colours of I think more specifically I was looking at the twelve creative hierarchies. Mm. And therefore, you're looking at the manifestation of a heart center. And um, it's obvious if you um, double the six spokes, then you get the 12 of a heart center, which is the central, the, the central sphere. The domain stem of, of the, the tiles is the, the present, which, which supports the whole thing, which supports the balancing motion. So, yes, everything to do with the 12 petal lotus and the awakening of the heart which is what Libra is to confer 
and therefore you can see the main coloration is just simply the deep indigo blue of the principle of love. It all stands within that, and so it's the movement from the green to the blue. So just another little note to do with Libra, which one of the reasons is difficult is, um, as I said, it's the turning of the wheel of the chakras. And when you're in meditation, you're Focus on the generation of the blue, and that's what actually turns the wheel. Um, and this is the wheel of consciousness space, rather than the wheel of samsara. And so, if you can think of, of say, your your the petals of your headlight is turning, and it's turning in space, and that that meditation mind is what is actually causing the momentum. And it's not, as I said, the space of samsara. It's the space of enlightenment. And the the wheel, the greater wheel, is Shambhala itself as it turns in the blue of space. And so it's basically bringing in that energy. And when I was talking, of course, about this should really be a dragon holding holding the balance in its mouth. That's also the whole evolution of the dragon wisdom and everything that you know, we were talking about dragons and how they evolve. So it's um, the evolution of the dragon wisdom, the making of a master wisdom is what this whole sign is really about. So it, it's actually quite a difficult sign to properly explain because it's the inverted pentagram and the pentagram going to its involution, evolution to produce that which is the master of the sum of samsara and all of the laws and the karma associated with samsara, which is what the dragon of wisdom is. So it's just a, an addendum to... So whenever you're in a really beautiful, deep, meditative space, that's the liberant energy that you're evoking. A very contemplative, meditative sign. I want to just finish off the sign Libra. There was a problem with the colours and the spheres and I thought I'd just um, check on them, which I've since done. It's My interpretation was correct. The 12 spheres in Libra actually are the 12 creative hierarchies. The colours are the 12 creative hierarchies and the bands of colours are the, the colours of the seven non-liberated hierarchies. Here I've got the blue... It's Virgo, the second creative plain one, or the plain Addy. The orange colour is Leo, and the first or sixth creative hierarchy. Uh, they, uh, it's the sixth um, counting down, from above down, or the first just looking at the seven that incarnate in the seven systemic planes. The blue colour is Virgo, and the second or seventh creative hierarchy. The green colour is Libra the third or the eighth creative hierarchy, the yellow colour is Scorpio, fourth or the ninth creative hierarchy, the indigo colour is Capricorn, the fifth or the tenth creative hierarchy, the red colour in this Libran card is Sagittarius, the sixth or the eleventh creative hierarchy, and the violet colour is Aquarius, governing the seventh or the twelfth creative hierarchy. So those are the, the colours, and... The left pan, the coloration is green of the sphere, and specifically it refers to the the energies of the third creative hierarchy called the lesser builders, the triads of life. The function of this third creative hierarchy is that they build the form. They externalize on the plane atma, 
and therefore they are the embodiments of the great mother and they build all the forms that you see in systemic space and the central sphere which we saw to be in 12 petal lotus the left panel is the 10 petal lotus is the yellow color of the sign scorpio and it's also the color of the human hierarchy scorpio is the ninth or the fourth creative hierarchy which is the human or human souls and that's the present and the present of course is the evolution of humanity on this planet and everything associated with that which is governed by the sign scorpio the future is the pentagram pointing upwards which is the blue this is governed by the functionings of the fifth creative hierarchy or the tenth they are diva hierarchy their purpose in the future is to build a new form prepare life for a new human kingdom to externalize in a new globe that's the future and they work with the indigo blue color to do that the Sagittarius and the six creative hierarchy. I have these these colors, violet, red, indigo, inverse or inverted for these creative hierarchies. Normally you would look at the red as the first plane, Adi, and the, the indigo as the second plane in a padaka, but I've got them inverted here because I'm dealing with the hierarchies themselves rather than the colorings of the planes to finish off the other thing i mentioned was there's a little bit of confusion concerning the the 10 signs of the ones in the pans the past and the future what i've decided to do today is just read out a little bit from Turk astrology concerning the 10 signs zodiac this is from page 229 to 231 so you can read this. He stays here. This is in relationship to the sign Libra. This sign is sometimes called the place of judgment. For it is here that the decision is made and the die is cast which separate the sheep from the goats. Or those constellations ruled by Aries the ram or lamb and those by Capricorn the goat. It really marks the distinction between the ordinary wheel of life and the reversed wheel. The reversed wheel is the wheel that all disciples and initiates travel upon because they've reversed the course of life and the ordinary wheel is the wheel of samsara and it goes backwards and that's where average humanity are walking and of course the whole process of reversing the wheel is a period of crisis of great crises and libra technically governs the the decision making as to the reversing of the wheel in the days before Leo Virgo were divided into two signs, Libra was literally the midway point. The situation was then as follows. And now that's the reason why in this card I didn't put in Libra. Remember um, two weeks ago I was saying, oh, looking at the card and Libra is not there. The reason is because it's literally not there. He gives us 10 signs or 10 pairs. Aries, Scorpio, Taurus, Sagittarius, Gemini, Capricorn, Cancer, Aquarius, Leo, Virgo and Pisces. Those two, four, six, eight, ten. And in between all of these, which interrelates all these pairs of opposites, is Libra. Technically Libra is the very centre of the wheel. 
And in this round of the Zodiac, as far as humanity is concerned, you have depicted the entire history of the race. This involves its mental beginning in Aries, the will to manifest, and the start of the outgoing life. You have its directed desire in Taurus, producing manifestation. Then emerges its dual consciousness in Gemini, or the soul-body realization. The process of physical incarnation go forward in cancer followed by the dual development of the soul body or the subjective and objective consciousness and the god man in leo virgo next comes libra wherein the point of balance is eventually reached between the spiritual and the personal man and the stage is laid for the final fivefold process which is in reality the subjective correspondence to the outer externalizing externalization upon the path of outgoing and which is carried forward upon the path of ingoing or the path of return then takes the place of the reversal of the wheel and the beginning of the new orientation of discipleship in scorpio the decision is made in libra and the whole crisis as i mentioned before actually happens in scorpio where the reversal, the battles with life and with the field of desire happens in Scorpio. The individual decides that they will tread or try to tread the path to light, then mount the cross of initiation. The directed controlled life of the disciple in Sagittarius, initiation in Capricorn, followed by service in Aquarius and the work of a world saviour in Pisces and final liberation. In this world period, we have the division of the sign of the Sphinx into two signs, Leo and Virgo, soul and form. Because the state of human evolution, conscious realization is that of a recognized duality. There's only at what is called the final judgment that another fusion will take place and Virgo and Libra will form one sign for then man's sense of antagonistic dualism will be ended and the scales will have been turned finally in favour of that which the virgin mother has hidden from expression for some aeons. So you see that in the ancient times, Leo and Virgo, the human attribute, and the diva were fused into one. And in the future, um, we're now, when they've separated, because we have this duality with our souls and form and so forth, but in the future, it will be Virgo the feminine or the diva principle that will merge with the entire wheel of life they will again come to dominate the entire form nature because in the future they will have to build anew the whole wheel of karma etc this final judgment as far as this planetary cycle is concerned will take place in the next great world cycle and by that time, two-thirds of the human race will have unfolded the Christ principle in one or other of the various stages of unfoldment and be upon one or other of the final stages of the path of evolution. They'll either be probationary or accepted disciples or upon the path of initiation. Eventually, in some mysterious way, there will only be ten signs of the zodiac again. Aries and Pisces will form one sign for the end is at as the beginning, this dual and blended sign is called, in some of the ancient books, the sign of the fish with the head of the ram. We will then have Aries, Pisces, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn and Aquarius. And so these are the signs I've put in 
the pan of the future. Fire and water will then blend, veiling the past which has gone instead of the future as is now the case. Earth and air will then fuse, and in this way the old prophecy repeated in the Bible that there shall be no more sea will be proved correct. Air, heaven, will then come down to earth and fusion will be established. So basically what he is saying there, getting away from this alchemical terminology, is that the emotional body will no longer manifest. The watery principle will have dried up. There's only the, um, the fiery principle left. And air will descend and lift up the earthy principle into the etheric space. And so all will be left is the body of energy, which is the ethers. And so the future is the, the blending, you know, elimination technically of these two principles, the water and the concrete earthy. That's also the future for enlightened beings. That's what you're all aspiring to do in your consciousness as you gain your, do your meditation. You're trying to transform your physical form, transmogrify it, if realize it so that you're living totally in your chakras, the physical body no longer is a principle to you or any arena of concern. And, of course, the waters are dried up because the emotions no longer have a function in your life. It's all transformed into love, into the pure principle of love. And so that's what these three pans of Libra are all about.